This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. I said... Is the word of Landru. Join you, friends, and thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. Well, it's it's high time we dive back into season three. The the ignored season. I mean, I think we've been talking about the animated series more than we were talking about season three. Yeah, see we did a thing. Uh, a long time ago at this point where we were like, let's do our top five episodes of each season. And we did season one, and then we did season two, and then we did some other stuff. And then we were like, oh, let's do the, the canon thing. And we did season one, and we did season two, and then we did season three. And then I was looking at the sheet, and I'm like, we never did our top five of season three. We just forgot about it because, let's be honest... That's what you do with season three, because it's terrible. <laughs> Deal with it. So we figured we should actually do something with that, right? We should finish it up. We should, you know, right? look at season three and come up with our top five. Favorites. It's not necessarily the top five best episodes. Yes, top five favorites. And that's what we're doing this week. Yep. So I imagine that we'll have... Mostly the same episodes. Yeah, because really, I mean... We've already established there's only really like seven good episodes. <laughs> eight. We chose eight. <laughs> we chose eight for the canon, but does that mean there's eight good episodes? I think that's <laughs> being very generous. Super generous. Super duper generous. As in, there are not eight good episodes in this season, not at all. There may be Uh, four, maybe four good episodes. I have four episodes, and then I picked a fifth one, so. Really? Because that's exactly what I did. I bet we picked the same episodes. I bet we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the order will be different. All right. Well, what's your number five? My number five is Spock's brain. Okay. That's weird. I think like Mud's Passion last week, it's so bad it's good. I think that it's got enough quotable dialogue, and it's fun. I mean, Five-Year Mission is writing 12 songs about this one episode because there's just so much comedy material there that even if it's not very good, I would say it's one of my favorites. I mean, it's it's. I would suggest that people watch it. I mean, it's one of those things like Mud's Passion where you can kind of just like not really pay attention to it but still, you know, get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I I, I disagree with that. <laughs> I think it's just so bad that it's bad. No, I no. Think, I mean, there's Morg and I Morg. I know. There's brain like, oh, and brain. What is brain? And, and the thing and the thing. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I know. I know there's there's definitely like a plan, uh, plan nine from outer space thing going on with this episode. And people yeah. love it. And like honestly, I think that if it wasn't called Spock's brain, people wouldn't respond to it as much as they do. That that's part of I think the uh, the the beauty of it 
is that it's it from the beginning from the very title it's just camp yeah yeah now i now i haven't read cushman's season three book yet mm-hmm. but I, i'm interested to see if they did that on purpose <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I think, was he the one who was telling us about this or someone uh, somewhere? Yeah, I was reading where they were like, look, you know, this is what was going on. This is what they were trying to do. There was a lot of talk in the news about a certain thing, like a new experimental drug oh, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And they were like, let's tap into that. And it just fell flat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like about something about transplants or something. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, but I still, I enjoy watching it, you know? It's fair enough. It's fair enough. All right, so so what's your number five, Mr. Fancy Pants? My number five is the Tholian web. And if you have anything higher, then let me know and we'll stop and talk about it. I've got it as number two. All right, spoilers. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. What's your number four? So my number four is Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Okay, I've got that one higher. Let's go to my number four, which is, is there in truth no beauty? Okay. I don't have that at all. Let's talk about it. All right. This episode isn't very good, but... (laughs) Are we just going to pin all of our (laughs) choices? You pretty much have to. But the thing about this episode, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think, is it's a crazy idea. You know, it's a crazy sci-fi idea where it's like... There is a being out there which, if you look at it, you will go insane, you know, because of the way it looks. You cannot handle what it looks like. Your little brain cannot process this and you will go insane. And there's something about that which is so out there and so weird, um, but it's like a legitimate sci-fi concept and to to sort of use that to tell a story about you know um prejudice and and stuff like that is really kind of cool and mm-hmm. i give it props for that there's a lot of that going on in season 3 there's a lot of things where um i larry once described this in, in regards to voyager where it's it, it became like the weird shit show and it's like I like that. Like, it's like these are like the types of things where that like Joe Minoski would write or something like that if he were working on the original series. And the the idea, like the episodes are not very good, but the ideas are weird enough for it to be interesting. So yeah. I give it props for that. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Uh, it was, it was close. It's like number six. Yeah. Uh, so, so it was, it was, it was an honorable mention. Uh, for that reason, and also Diana Muldar. Yeah. Yeah, young Diana Muldar is uh, quite a sight to see. Yes. I would go insane looking at her because she's so beautiful. Exactly. I just made that up right now, but it sounded good, right? <laughs> no, it's great. It's All fantastic. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So we what's... skipped too much. So what's uh, your number three? My number three is Day of the Dove. Oh, that's my number three. High five? Yeah! All right. We did it, you guys. You missed it. All right. Uh, Day of the Dove. Uh, Klingons. They're always cool. Uh, Klingons fighting with swords in the... Uh, Klingons are always cool in the original series. Mm, yeah. Mm, okay. But we here we get Klingons fighting 
on the Enterprise with swords. Mm-hmm. I mean, if just for that image alone, it, it's definitely worth uh, being a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, this episode, it's not tremendously good, right? Right. But it's got uh, like an interesting um, sort of message and, and sort of the way that it plays out is cool. I mean, it is cool seeing Klingons. And, you know, I kind of like the, the themes going on and the idea that there's this being where, you know, they're like, we feed off of hate. So let's just put these two people together and we're good. We're good to go. You know, it's 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 going to be awesome. And then they just get them to fight like crazy because that's what they would do. And then eventually, you know, they're like, maybe we should stop doing this because all we're doing is being used. And, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, um, interesting social commentary yeah. there. And 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 I, I I like that you know I like the idea of saying like hey everybody maybe we should just stop fighting and it would be all good you know, um, so 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 for that I I, I give this episode, um, a thumbs up. Yeah, I guess I guess you could say. Excellent. Yeah. Boy, there's really like nothing in season three, which is like <laughs> all. Good. Wow. This episode, this season is the really, really, really. Hey, bad. at least we don't have Next Generation season one. You know, Next Generation season one is better than original series season three. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. It is. It is. I think just having Kirk, Spock, and McCoy makes them better. I don't know if I'd be behind Next Generation if it was. If it was. Uh, you know, our era. What do you mean? If, if I had been, like, in 1986, mm-hmm. and I had been, you know, a fan of the original series, I, I don't think I would care. I would, I think I'd be, I think I would be anti-Next Generation. Yeah, I had an aunt that was like that. And she, I think probably what happened was she saw season one, like, of the of Next Generation, and she's like, nah, nah, nah. You know, yeah. and, and like, this is the aunt who, like, got me into Star Trek. You know, I borrowed her videotapes of the movies and everything. And then, you know, after those, I went back and I watched Next Gen, because that was the one that was on every night at 6 o'clock on WPWR Power 50. And um, I liked it a lot, obviously, and went back to her and said, why don't you like this show? It's good. And she watched it, and she was like, oh, yeah, this is really good, isn't it? It got better. It was that's that first those first two seasons that I, I yeah you're I mean it, it would be a fight to get through those in order to to yeah. see season three. It was really bad when I bought the Blu-rays and I bought the first two seasons. Yeah. Like all right, let's really get into Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I'm like this is I don't know about this, you guys. Yeah, I know the same thing. This happened. is probably a mistake of an investment. Like I was so happy when they they came out on DVD, and I'm like, look at this. Let's watch Encounter at Farpoint, and then the rest of them all in a row. And then I watched like half of Encounter and Farpoint. And I'm like, yeah. And then like <laughs> season three comes out. And I'm like, oh god, I've got to get through like 50 hours of crap. <laughs> Just to get to the good stuff. This is the worst. Oh, no. But all's, That's all's well later. that ends well. Yeah. So. It's not our not our series. Sorry, Earl Grey. Yeah. We'll get back to TOS. So, are we going to get... So, did we do your four? 
did we cover your four yet? Yeah, we we did four okay. and three. We're we're down to two now. Okay, I'm just making sure we get them all. Yeah. So what's your number two? My number two is the Mark of Gideon. Really? Yeah. Um, another thing I like is there in truth no beauty where you know like I watched this episode and I'm like it's even one of those where I have to be like okay what's the episode where the thing happens with them and they turn on the lights and they see all the people wandering outside of the enterprise what's the name of that episode and i have to like scroll through all the episodes until i find it and it's like okay that's it yeah and um it's weird because in doing that like i started reading like reviews on imdb and mm-hmm. people are like, this is one of the worst episodes in Star Trek history. It makes no sense. Why would a Starfleet captain do this when they could easily check on the sensors and the thing? And the and also, why would a planet which is overly populated build a whole thing of the, the Enterprise, you know, a replica of the Enterprise, and take up a bunch of space and everything? And it's like, okay, maybe all that is true, you know, but... Who cares? Because, you know, they're they're doing something crazy and weird and uh it's it's uh does a thing which is kind of lacking on it well in season three, I guess in particular, where uh it's got very strange imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh like not 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 like cool or 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 uh beautiful imagery i'm talking about just like strange yeah. imagery which makes an impact and and like that 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 shot where you see like everyone walking outside of the, the window and everything like that and they're just packed in there it's it's crazy and cool and and that like one image makes you think about things uh that you know, even if you can't sustain its fifty-minute runtime, it's it's kind of worth it. You know, it it, it leaves an impact. Uh, so for that, I put it at number two. I yeah. guess it it's very Twilight Zoney. Yeah, it is the being alone on the ship with strange people, and then like the imagery of the people outside the ship is is very uh, yeah, very kind of creepy and scary i could i could see that i could see that yeah it's like that you know if I, I was reminded a lot of like thx1138 for some reason i don't know yeah Tonally lucas speaking. probably ripped it off probably yeah lucas was like oh you know my favorite episode of star trek that would be a lucas thing <laughs> yeah my favorite episode of star trek is uh, the mark of gideon's I could see that. And, and you know, like, that's the thing. Like, he keeps on talking about now. He's like, I'm going to make a bunch of movies, and they're going to be weird. He's like, they're going to be like Koyaanisqatsi, but with a narrative. And, you know, I might show them to some of my friends, but I'm not going to release them because no one would see them. And I'm like, what? No. Re- you've got it, you know, because that, I think, is where his passion lies, is like doing things like Mark of Gideon. I'd love to see yeah. George Lucas's Mark of Gideon, you know? <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. Yeah, He's we'll weird. see what happens. He's weird, like Mark of Gideon. All right, my number two is the Tholian Web. Yeah, that's my number five. Which is your number five. Mm-hmm. I like Tholian Web. It's got the... uh it's got like multiple time constraints. I I kind of like uh, the racing against the clock episodes. 
And so you've got the racing against the clock of the ship disappearing and then the racing of the clock of the Kirk, you know, being stuck in and out of time. I mean, it's very not scientific or, or you know, really doesn't make a lot of sense. But I like the, you know, the whole web idea and the way that they get out of it by going through the pocket in space time and appear out the other side. It's uh, and it's, it's got some good Spock and command kind of stuff and uh, good Spock McCoy moments that I I, I, I enjoy it. I, I honestly enjoy that episode a lot. Yeah. Y- you ever see Mean Girls? Yes. It's awesome, right? Yes. Way better than anything in season three of Star Trek. Sure. And there's uh, one line at the end because there's the whole thing where like she she grew up in Africa so she doesn't know anything about like pop culture or anything like that. And like there's the one part where they like play a song and she's like, Do you know who sings this song? And and she goes, Uh, the Spice Girls and then, you know, uh the the, the Rachel McAdams is like, You're such a Martian, you know, and everything like that. And then at the end of, of the movie, like I think it might be one of the last lines of dialogue or whatever, um, a song starts playing. And Lizzie Kaplan, I think, says, I love this song. And then um, uh, Lindsay Lohan is like, I know this song. And it's like triumphant for her or whatever. That's yeah. kind of how I feel about Tholey and Webb. And when it comes to this list, I'm like, I remember this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you hey. can actually list all the things that happen in this episode. <laughs> that, that, that means it should be number five here. And, you know, I'm like, this is, you know, this is actually like a... Uh, prequel to um one of my favorite episodes of Enterprise, or my favorite episode of Enterprise, yeah. in a mirror darkly, and I'm like, you know, like which I didn't even remember when I was watching that. I'm like, it actually, you know, I knew that there were Tholians, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. But then it's like this actually is all tied into that and everything like that, and it, it's kind of cool in that sense, and because of all that. Um, I, I put it at number five on my list, but, um, well, I guess the concepts and everything are, are sound in, you know, sort of dramatically speaking or whatever, to me, it kind of got old fast, you know, like with Kirk, he keeps on phasing in and out and I'm just like, let's get on with this thing. Come on, let's move it. Let's pick up the pace. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So it it, it kind of drags for me, but on the whole, as far as season three is concerned, it's 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 pretty good. Well, now number one, I think it seems like we probably both have the same. No, number because one. I, I had your number four or something like that at number one. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's do your number one. All right, then. it's let that be your last battlefield. All right. Yeah, this episode's cool. I like this episode. It's good. Um, you know, like a lot of episodes of Star Trek, especially the original series, like the concept is so clean and perfect that you could almost do it in like a line of dialogue and you don't need like 50 minutes behind it. And and I think that that's kind of problematic because like if you were to ask me for like a beat for beat retelling of this episode, I couldn't tell you what it was, but I can absolutely 100% tell you like the themes and the ideas and everything like that, which which were uh, present in, um, in in this episode, and that's really what's important, you know. I mean, I guess you could say that it may not be uh, uh, very sound storytelling 
if you know it takes 50 minutes to get across a point which you could get across in like two minutes but you know it's the nature of the thing right so uh yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i i I love this episode it's 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 kind of like perfect trek in a sense conceptually i agree i like how straightforward it is in that it's it's obvious what the moral of the story is but it 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 tells a good story around it and i I felt like it it needed to be on the top five in my top five not necessarily number one because because there's one that i enjoy better and what's that the enterprise incident yeah i really like the enterprise incident i like uh there's a lot of good character beats i like the uh what i really like is in the beginning where kirk's acting crazy the crew and the audience doesn't know what's wrong with him like everybody's just questioning his orders and he's just acting like a crazy person he's doing it as a cover so that no one you know they can just pretend if everything goes wrong that uh that kirk just went crazy and you know it's not it's not the federation's fault certainly not the rest of the crew's fault but uh, i like that kind of thing i like like in oceans 11 where you know most of the plan but you don't mm-hmm. know all of it i i get that kind of get that kind of vibe from kirk you know like oh oh okay it was part of the plan you meant for this to happen i also like the spock and the romulan commander relationship and 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 clever dialogue and back and forth and uh it's just i like it. it's a really fun episode for me and and i like that it goes out of its way to explain why I mean, just for me as a continuity slash ship lover, I really like the the fact that they had to, they stopped and were like, "Look, the Romulans are using Klingon designs now because they're friends yeah. and all." I like I just like that they they actually stopped and explained that instead of being just ignoring yeah. it completely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I can't say anything bad about this episode. I. I... I mean, I've seen it a few times, but I, I'm really not as familiar with it as I should be, I guess. But then again, I don't feel the great need to, to go back and rewatch it. So <laughs> maybe I'm as familiar with it as I should be. I don't know. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, sure. like, this is one of those episodes where people always talk about it. And they always, you know, and I always feel like I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, you know, even though I've seen it. And um, I, I I feel like I should go back and watch it again, but I don't really. I mean, like the fact that I've seen it all this many times and it's never had an impact on me makes me think that it really wouldn't have an impact on me still. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I, I, I yeah. can understand your feelings. Thanks. I forgive you. So I covered all mine. Yeah. So that's it. And you covered all yours. So so what were your your top five just going through? So my top five were, starting at number five, Spock's Brain, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, Day of the Dove, Tholian Web, and the Enterprise Incident. And mine were the Tholian Web, Is There in Truth No Beauty, Day of the Dove, The Mark of Gideon, and Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. That's a pretty good spread. Yeah. It's a really good spread. So now we'll do a little news segment because we're the only series that's getting any news. Yeah. And it turns out that uh, Payne and McKay, whom you interviewed on Commentary Trek Stars in the past, are no longer helping to write 
the new Star Trek movie, Star Trek 2016, the 50th anniversary, Star Trek 13, Star 3. Yeah, and, and neither is Roberto Orsi, apparently. And, and neither's Orsi. So now we've got Simon Pegg, who played Scotty, and who's the other guy? Doug Young, who... Mm-hmm. I've not seen any of his work. He uh, made a movie about 10 years ago called Confidence uh with with Edward Burns uh which was pretty good it's, it's about mm-hmm. con men yeah. i like it and he also created a cop show called dark blue yes you seemed excited about this i'd never heard of dark blue oh uh, that uh, yeah i'd heard of dark blue um but I, i've never seen it oh, okay and, and now he works on a show called banshee which i haven't seen either Hmm. Um, the only thing of his that I've actually seen is Confidence, and I like it. And Simon Pegg, of course, has written written a ton of very good movies. He did the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. And then he also um, uh, wrote Run, Fat Boy, Run, which uh, was, I guess, a scenario similar to this where he was acting in it and they were like, the script is not working. And then he's like, let me take a stab at that. And really? And then turned it into something, which I think is a decent movie. It's an all right movie. Yeah. And then he did Paul, which I thought was amazing. I love Paul. Really? I love Paul. I didn't even give it a try. Really? I think because Seth Rogen's involved. I, I, so... I kind of have a, a Seth Rogen problem. Really? I guess. I love Seth Rogen. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it's, you know, mo-capped Seth Rogen. You know, it's Greg Modela directed it. You know, he did. I don't know. The and, trailer just didn't grab me. Wow. It's about two nerds who are traveling across country from San Diego Comic-Con and stopping by alien hotspots. And it's awesome. I, I kind of <laughs> want to see it because... Uh, Someone I went to college with is an extra in it. Oh, uh, yeah? At at some point, she's walking down the street, and apparently, like, she's right there on camera. But I've never actually seen the movie to confirm that. But, I mean, that's really it. I don't know. So I'll, weird. I'll, it's about I'll see an it alien sometime. who goes across country with some sci-fi nerds played by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Where is the downside here? I, I don't understand I don't. it. Uh, <laughs> I thought for sure you'd be all over this thing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I love this thing. It, it's 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 great. Um, lots of you know Star Wars and Star Trek references. I think maybe not Star yeah. Trek. Lots of Star Wars references for sure. Um, and lots of uh, you know alien type of references and stuff and. Uh, a really, really great cast and and a really good story. So yes, watch this for sure. <laughs> I mean, there, there's stuff in there where I'm like, what? And then what? Yeah, I mean, you got to see. I, I I can't I can't even spoil it for you, but uh, <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, everyone's really good. But th- th- I think this is the best thing that Simon Pegg's ever written, if you ask me. Okay. Yeah, and then he also did Spaced. Yes, which is incredible. Which someone brought up. Was it someone on the Babel conference? Or someone? No, I, I don't know where it was. But someone actually uh, posted a clip from Spaced where they um, 
because they're like, oh, well, you know, Simon Pegg is doing this and it's an odd numbered movie and everything like that. And I guess there's a scene in Spaced where Simon Pegg is talking about the even odd rule and he's like, there's no way that an odd numbered Star Trek movie can ever be good. This is a fact. This is a law of the universe, <laughs> you know, and now he's writing one. So there you go. Yeah. Well, he also bad mouthed, you know, Lucas and modern Lucas and, you know, burned all of his burned all of his Star Trek toys in a funeral pyre kind of thing in that series. Yeah. But he did a voice of a bounty hunter in, in Clone Wars. That's true. That's true. He did. Yeah. That's funny. But I, I really I like Simon Pegg. I like I like him as Scotty. I like his writing from what I've seen. Sorry, I haven't seen his best work yet. But uh, I like his writing. I think that he has a grasp of Star Trek. Or maybe I feel like he has the best grasp of what I like about Star Trek. The the characters and the the more comedic aspects. I mean, because, you know, my favorite episode's I, Mud. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be all over a comedy writer coming in who probably also loves that episode. Yeah, you know, um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I I was down in Florida this weekend or last weekend uh, for, for Max's wedding. And, you know, Max is a huge Simon Pegg fan, you know, is Shaun of the Dead, you know, is, is Max's, well, he think Max thinks that Shaun of the Dead is the best movie ever made and yes. and everything like that. And we're sitting around, and I'm like, so Simon Pegg's writing Star Trek. And he's like, really? And he's like, I no longer want it to be piece of the action. I want them to do Spock's brain. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it could be cool. You know, I'm, I definitely have faith in him. You know, he's he's a, a really good writer, obviously. A lot of people are like, are they going to make a comedy now? What, what's going to, you know, like there's the whole thing with like, where they're like, oh, they wanted to be guardians of the galaxy, you know? And they're like, oh, they're... they're yeah, I don't believe a word of that article. They're hiring him because they wanted to be guardians of the galaxy and, and stuff. And this kind of falls in line with that. And, you know, you could take that a number of ways. Like when I brought that up to Max, Max is like, oh, so you mean they want it to be good? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, I don't know about that. But... You know, I mean, th there is something to be said for that. You know, there's no reason to think that, for one thing, it, it can't it can't be a comedy and be good, but also that it's going to be a comedy just because Simon Pegg's writing it. I mean, I haven't seen Dark Blue, but my guess is that it's not a knee slapper. You know, <laughs> so there are just from the title right, alone. Yeah, so so obviously, you know, I mean, and and you know, Simon Pegg, he can do drama. Why why couldn't he do drama? You know, yeah. I mean, look at look at Shaun of the Dead. You know, I, I mean, the end that does yeah. not. Work. I mean, it's very funny, but does it work because of the comedy? No, it's like very dramatically sound. So, yeah. whatever. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, each each one of the uh, Cornetto movies has uh, moments of actual drama that I think hit really yeah. well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, I, I have faith in him and, you know, Justin Lin now, especially, you know, having seen some of his other work now, I'm, I am have a lot of faith in that guy too. So 
think things are shaping up well. I still need to rent the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. Have you seen it? Catch up, because I've only seen the first two. Yeah. Well, the second one is the best one, but yeah, the ones that he did, uh, five and six are really good. But I also just watched uh, A Better Luck Tomorrow, which was his first mm-hmm. movie. That's really good. Kind of like Goodfellas, but with high school honor students. Oh, John okay. Cho's in it. So, so that's hey. cool. And then... Um, I watched one of his episodes of Community, and I was like, holy crap, this thing is amazing, you know? And and the direction has a lot to do with it. And now I'm like, God, I stopped Community like two episodes too too early, you know? And now I need to go watch that entire show because it was pretty brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of stopped watching after a few seasons, but. Okay, all right. But, I mean, I don't remember why. I think it was just one of those things where it was at the bottom of our, you know, shows we need to watch list, and it just kind of fell over. That's kind of how it was with me, but, like, after, like, four episodes. So, oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> not so I need to get back on the horse, I guess. But, yeah. So, Simon Pegg and Doug Young. Be interesting to see what they do. And, you know, it sucks that, that Payne and McKay are gone, but, you know, they're creating a uh, X-Men show with Evan Katz and Manny Cotto, so good for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're still in the Star Trek family. Yeah. So there you go. Exciting I'd be stuff. interested to hear uh I'm hoping that we can talk to them sometime about their idea what they were going to do with Star Trek 13. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to to hear that. That'd be the best. Because, you know, we're all about the alternate uh, realities, the alternate oh, yeah. timelines. And instead of speculating on all these other pitches, we could actually have the people who pitched it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, maybe someday. Well, it was fun talking about Season 3 and Simon Pegg today, but that's just a couple of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Really, really, really hope that if they do that, they make Chang the villain because, you know, Captain Chang instead of General Chang or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? I mm-hmm. mean, that just seems like the perfect way to go. Earl Grey. All right, Riker, we're promoting you to captain. I mean, you uh, you killed the last captain. We usually don't reward that. That's usually not a policy. But in this case... Well, well to be fair, he had spent some time on a Klingon ship. The Orb. But the Federation and Bajor as a member of the Federation would be helping rebuild Cardassia. And I could see like very much the relationship between the U.S. and Japan today. I could see the Federation and Cardassia having that kind of relationship moving forward. To the journey! Julie has a very distinct pain noise. Yeah, she kind of does. You know what I'm talking about? It sounds sort of like she's suffocating. Yeah, it sounds like she's suffocating and sometimes, and I'm going to keep it clean, not always in pain. The Ready Room. He is the best cosplayer ever because he's so buried himself in his part that we have no idea who this guy is outside of the impersonation of Tuvok. Exactly. He's the Christian Bale of the Delta Quadrant. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. 
if I'm not mistaken, in any upcoming episode of Next Generation, we don't see full-grown uh, Golden Retrievers running around the decks of the Enterprise. And I'm also a little worried that Captain Picard has never played with puppies. Commentary, Trek stars. You, but you'd rather see Red in charge than him. Oh, yeah, totally. Because right. you really want porn stash to go down. Yes, yes, you do. And that sentence out of context sounds really strange. Literary treks. As great as Picard is and his Picard maneuver, uh, I don't think Picard straightening his shirt is going to help him uh, <laughs> when he's going up against the Riker maneuver. Fair enough, so. yeah. Axanar, the official podcast. The change that we've made, the change to the nacelles and uh, several other aspects of these ships to make them distinct and, and not the same ships as uh, in, in Star Trek 2009. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. you find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud, or you can stream from the website. Just visit Trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Let's tell everyone where they can contact us if they'd like to share their thoughts on today's show. They can go to Trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the button on the left-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone, and you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm, and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? You can find me right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek Stars with Max and John, and you can find me on commentarytrackstars.com doing commentary Trek Stars off topic with Max and Brandon, and you can also find me on Twitter at mumbles3k. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D O U B L E O F I V E, and on various other places around the internet and on the Babel Conference. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for the show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? Can we just go back a second? Now, yeah. I've been reading that same copy that you've been reading forever, and it's like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. And I've always uh, thought like, well, yeah, Prime Directive and Federation. I've heard about those. Everyone talks about how great they are and everything like that. And I never thought about it, but Spock's World? Yeah. What is that? Spock's world. What? Also, are you actually questioning this, or is this a bit? No, I'm like, what? I mean, I just thought of that. That sounds like Spock's it's, brain. And now when I, it's type... the original. It's like the original Star Trek novel. It was like the first book that they wrote in the Star Trek expanded universe. Okay, and because I mean, and that... my my, I think my dad had it. Like, it's one of those books that every Star Trek fan had because it was the only thing out there. Okay, it sounds so wor so weird, and now it doesn't look like it's available on Audible anymore, by the way. Oh, well, then maybe we should stop talking about it. <laughs> but we can uh, talk about the, the book that comes up when we type in Spock's World. <laughs> Spock's World? I mean, that sounds crazier than Spock's <laughs> brain. Like, I, it's, it's my world. 
Hey guys, my name's Spock. <laughs> Welcome to my world. I mean, what is that? That's cr- I've never questioned that, but now I, I, I well. anyway, let's talk about Star Trek Windows on a Lost World. Wait, what? I don't know. That's it's written not even by close. it's written by V.E. Mitchell. It's narrated by Walter Koenig. Um an ancient alien artifact could cost Captain Kirk and his crew their minds and their lives, and Spock must solve ages-old mysteries before his captain and crewmates are lost forever, featuring a dramatic reading by Walter Koenig and enhanced with sound effects and an original score. And you can get this for free if you can't find Spock's world on audible.com since you listen to Trek FM. That's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read not and that latest World. novel, but not Spock's World. Or that latest novel from your favorite author as well, which wouldn't be Spock's World. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. for being our associate producer this month. You can find him on Twitter at RUT8972, and we appreciate him supporting us on Patreon. Yes, we do. Thank you very much, Richard. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm. And you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even join Richard as one of the associate producers. You can find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Very important stuff. So, again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm, so check it out. Well, we're done with the uh, most of the Season 3 discussions. Or the series that we've done. I guess not most. We've got a couple other series that we need. We need to have Cushman back to talk about Season 3. We need to have Andy back to talk about Season 3 once she gets through Season 2 and into Season 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So we talked about animated series last week and and Season 3 this week. It's been kind of brutal. We need to do something next week, which is, uh, you know, about something good. Yeah, we'll come up with something good. Okay, all right. That'd be good. (laughs) Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit. Ahead, walk factor one. Hi, sir.